everyone, welcome to Heart's Happiness Podcast. The place where I, Manpreet, share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support, lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Welcome back for another episode of Heart Happiness. We are continuing the theme of this month, which is suicide prevention, with another inspirational story of somebody overcoming suicidal thoughts. Um, And that is my friend, Emma, and she will be talking about baby loss and miscarriage. So if this is an area which triggers you and you don't feel like today is the day you can listen to this conversation, come back another time. Otherwise, just um, know that that's what we're gonna talk about in a second. Before I pass you over to Emma, I just want to let you know I have a course in two weeks which is the eight-week group course called Finding Your Heart's Happiness. And this is for all of you that are listening that struggle with low self-esteem and low self-worth, with um, people pleasing too much, with spending a lot of energy and time on others but not really knowing how to love and take care of yourself. And if you would like to learn about intergenerational trauma and how to stop patterns repeating in your own family, and also if you struggle with relationships with others uh, like your parents or your partner and if you want to find your true authentic self try to work out what makes you happy then come join us because that's what we'll be talking about every week from tuesday the 28th of september for eight weeks i'm sharing a bunch of tools and tips as well to sort of um move forward but we do spend uh, five sessions going back as well so we really get to understand it why you are the way you are and how you are able to change that so you are healthier emotionally physically and mentally so come join me the details are in the episode notes you can drop me a message on instagram or on my website if you want to have a chat on zoom to see if it's the right fit for you but now i'm going to pass you over to emma and her very inspirational story about her heartbreak hi emma Thank you so much for coming onto my podcast and sharing your very personal story. So I actually have known Emma for so many years, but we haven't spoken in such a long time. So it's really lovely to see you. And she actually has her own podcast as well, which we'll talk about a bit later. So this whole month, I'm talking about suicide prevention and I'm having different people come on and share their very honest and vulnerable stories of getting to that super low place. Um, And Emma has a a story which many of you may resonate with as it's her journey of becoming a mum and how that's affected her mental health. So Emma, did you want to tell us about what's been going on first, like your story? Sure, and thank you so much for having me on. It's it's a real privilege to be on on, on your podcast and you're doing amazing work. So thank you for raising awareness about these important issues. Yeah, so I guess, uh, as we were talking before we hit record, I, I, I am a mum. I'm lucky that I have a daughter, um, but it wasn't easy to get her. I had 
um, a very awful miscarriage just before I, I got pregnant with her, which was very traumatic. I was rushed to hospital. I was bleeding profusely. I, I, it was it was traumatic. And I and I and in that moment, having not been through anything like that, that first miscarriage, I literally thought I was going to die. Like I couldn't oh stop God. bleeding. I'd never been in hospital before for anything. It was horrific. Um, and then I was rushed into surgery and the whole thing was awful. And then the next day you're sort of pushed home without, I was given a leaflet, I think about um, miscarriage awareness. And, and I just was in complete shock. I was naive to, the, to miscarriage. I didn't really understand it. And the physical side of it was horrendous. And then the mental side was also awful. So that that was that was that, and I, I went to speak to a miscarriage counsellor. I, I did important things to sort of make me feel better, and then I did fall pregnant with my daughter, um, and I was very lucky. I was anxious throughout the whole pregnancy, but I did have my rainbow daughter, who's now five. Mm. But and after that, it really it's got worse since that. I, you know, I, we left it a couple of years, like people do, and I thought I'll try, we'll try for another baby. And I thought, having had a miscarriage before, I can't be that unlucky again. And since then I've had four, oh I've had four, God. I've had four losses and each of them sort of chips away at your soul a little bit more. It takes away your confidence um, as a woman and, and, and as a person. Um, there's just so many things to do with it. And, and, and I, the last one was in January, which is when I set up my podcast, Hopes and Dreams, to help other people go through this because it just can feel so lonely and mm -hmm. especially during covid and a pandemic where you can't see the people that you love to give you you know a hug or whatever so and then last the last one in the fourth one i had last year it that actually tipped me over the edge i actually had to take two months off work because i literally you know that way when you just have i had nothing left in the tank i was broken and yeah. i couldn't stop crying i tried to go back to work and then i rang my boss and said this isn't working i'm just broken i need to mend and i took mm. two months two months off work and yeah, I went, well, well I, done i had to i had to <laughs> yeah. because i was literally probably going to cry in every meeting that i was sat in yeah of course well like you said the amount of trauma that your body's been through like like through that first one and with the others was that first one the really horrific one and then the other the, fir the first one was horrific in the physical sense as in you know yeah lots of bleeding so the, yeah so the big trauma and then the next and that's like ptsd you know that's ptsd yeah, it right definitely there. it definitely is ptsd yeah. and that's why there's that misconception about miscarriage oh it's a heavy period it absolutely is not a heavy period like it was like I couldn't stop bleeding and I got rushed by ambulance to different hospitals because I couldn't stop the bleeding you know and and that's your baby coming out of you at the same time so you're worried for your own safety I remember my husband coming in the next day to collect me from hospital because I had to stay in overnight and he just cried seeing me in the bed mm. and it, 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 it really was bad the other four physically not as awful but they're all awful in their own way yeah and things, sure. and things like to test the baby to see whether there was an issue you have to you know too much information and you know you have to take the sample you know scoop it out of a toilet take it to hospital that's awful as well because you're basically thinking has my baby gone down the toilet and yes it's small yes it's tiny but that was my baby and this is horrendous, this whole... Yeah, yeah. Well, thing. that's... I mean, I know a few people that have had miscarriages and just that, like, oh, you know, my baby's in the fridge because I just... I, can't, I yeah. can't throw it away. I don't know what to do with it. Or I buried them in the garden because... 
I didn't know what to do. Like, we don't talk about this. Nobody says what they do, right? They just have the miscarriage and it's like, oh, let's, it's like a secret. Let's hide it away. And lots of times, um, like my friends that have had me, and I know a lot of women, so many women that have had miscarriages, often they don't tell other people. They may tell me. And I I think sometimes that's because I'm not a mum myself. And I, I don't know if they find that a little bit easier, but they are. And I'm actually like, why don't you talk to the others? Because they've been through it too. You know, there's such a, it's such a shame. It's such a weight that um, that's being carried when it is so incredibly common. Isn't it like one in, is it one in four? Or one yeah. It's, yeah. Four it's women ma- will massively have one. common. Yeah, exactly. Why are we not talking about it? It's I, crazy. I think we're starting to, we're starting yeah. to. The media and, you know, you have people, um, that are openly talking about it like celebrities and stuff that have talked about it and I there are more podcasts starting on this subject and uh, and and that can only be a good thing because I think it's that loneliness that can take you into a really dark place because you feel like people don't understand you you feel like you're a burden I feel like sometimes I'm like oh my god I'm characterized as the miscarriage woman you know people ask you people ask you are you okay do I tell them, no, I don't feel, I feel a bit crap today. I'm struggling. Someone announced their baby, you know, and that made me sad. And, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's really hard, mm. really hard. Well, I think when you're going through something like this, like I can only, like, I know it's not absolutely not the same, but when I was going through my struggles and I was like that girl whose dad killed himself um, and very much the same, I just tried, I put a mask on cause I wanted to be okay. And I, I felt like even the look of pity would like destroy me sometimes because I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that one. And I, it made me feel different and like an outsider and um, like lonely and um, like there was something wrong with me because everyone else had their dad, you know, and it's, it's a very similar feeling that you get when you go through something and you think that you're the only one that feels that way when that's, you know, as you've seen through your podcast, you're meeting and speaking to so many that feel similar, right? Which yeah. can help as part of the healing journey. Yeah. I think it's having someone, because if you haven't been through losing a baby or trying really hard for a long time and it not happening, it is hard to have that perspective. So you could, you, and people can empathize, they can sympathize with you. But if you haven't been through it, you don't know the, the real, so having someone Having someone that has been through it to talk to is a lifesaver in terms of um, yes, someone just yeah. saying, I know this is... Me and too, if, right? And even if you haven't been through it, you can just say, I don't know what you're going through, but I can imagine it would be totally mm. awful and I'm sorry. It's the people when they don't say anything and, as you say, the pity eyes and comparing mm-hmm. yourself because, as you said, you, you wanted to be the person that had your father. And I see in my, in my sort of journey, my husband's journey you see people having babies all around you and you feel like you compare, you can't help but compare yourself and be like, why isn't it happening to me? And you feel like you're in the slow lane and you want to be catching up. Yeah. And it, it's- it must have made you feel so stuck as well. Like just um, really keep trying. I mean, how you kept trying, I don't, that is so, how brave are you to just keep trying? You, you kind of, yeah, I, I, I don't think, you kind of don't think about it in that way so much, although I am now because I'm approaching 40 in a couple of months and I'm, it's definitely in my head, you know, what, when do we stop? How, my, how many more times can one pick oneself up off the floor when you're feeling at your lowest, brush yourself off and go, 
right, let's try again. Well, it can't go wrong again, but it has five times already. So in your head, you're like, can't possibly happen again, but you know that the worst has happened. So you're fearing it and you're, and it creates anxiety and it takes away any joy of trying and hoping and, you know, yeah, so, of course. and I am at that point now where I'm not quite sure my mental health and my body can take it anymore. So I'm, I'm having a sort of, um, I guess, anxiety and trauma and, 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 and I, yeah, just anxiety around whether we try again. But mm. then I feel very sad about the thought of stopping as well. So I'm very conflicted. And that yeah. this week I've been very emotional because I've been oh, thinking about it I a lot. I feel like crying just listening to you. So. It's literally, I can feel them in my eyes. Um, but you know what it is as well? It's like so much grief. And yeah. every time that you pick yourself up and go through it again, you're almost postponing it. So it's like yeah. all of these, these losses all together as an avalanche. And I guess um, if, if and when you decide that I have to stop now, then it's all just, you know, that's the fear as well. It all coming through to you and just being like, and we really, as human beings, we think that, this is going to destroy us. Like we're not going to be able to cope and we're not going to be able to overcome the pain. Like it, it's so, I and mean, when you're in it, it's so awful. Like you just don't think you can swim. Like you're just yeah. like, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't yeah. know what to do. Um, and I know you're very much still in your journey of getting better. Um, but what kind of things have you been doing? I mean, the podcast is a great thing, but how have you been trying to take care of yourself and process the grief, the anxiety, the trauma? Um, I've done many things. I've done counselling, which I found hugely helpful to have a space that I could be and talk and, 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 and let it out. Because I think you feel, when you've had recurrent loss, you feel like you're almost bored having the conversations in your head. So you feel like you're a burden talking to other people. You're not. And good friends will be there, you know, throughout. But you just feel, and even with your partner, because... Chris and me deal with things very differently. He seems to, as a man, very stereotypically um, holds his emotions in, although they do come out sometimes. But for me, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I talk a lot about it. So the podcast has been amazing because I can talk about it and offer advice and talk with other people about it. And it's not just about my own journey, it's about other people's. Um, so that's been good. I got a dog during lockdown. <laughs> therapy dog. A therapy dog who I adore. And I know I treat like a human because I actually got him at the same time. I just lost a baby. So I felt like he came into our life and obviously he doesn't replace a baby, but I felt miserable and I didn't want to leave the house, but I knew I had to look after him and he brought fun and laughter into the house and I'd take him for walks. And that's my time to switch my head off. We go for a yeah, walk. That's I talk to him like a weird dog mama. Um, <laughs> I talk to we, a, a cat all the time. <laughs> I know. So he's my, he's my buddy and he's there for me while I'm working from home or, um, and walking and nature and trying to exercise all those things that are good for you. Um, and yeah I think I'm going to look I did have counselling at that uh, which came to an end but I'm probably going to look at doing that again especially if I'm thinking about stopping this journey because I need to process it and I, I guess I just want to feel at peace with it if it's not meant to be which it might not be and I do know how lucky I am to have my daughter and my, my stepson as well because um, I know some people aren't lucky to have that but 
I just want to be at peace with it and not feel sad about but it. That, I mean, just because you have her and your stepson doesn't make your grief or loss any less. You no. know, like just oh, it's like you know we say that to us. Oh, other people have got it worse, so I should really be yeah. okay. But you're not, and that's yeah. all right. And, yeah, sure. and it's all relative. And I, I did want to have a big family. I, I'm a very um, maternal person. I, 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 I love children and I and I would love it for my daughter to have it so it does make me really sad and it, it's that kind of there's no real explana- explanation I think that's a hard thing as well like from four out of the five babies that we lost we don't know what the reason was there's no explanation and that's hard because you can't in my head I want to be in control I'm a control not a control freak but I like control yeah. and knowing what's happening and a plan and there's been no plan and the last baby we did manage to find out that there was a disability with the baby which was and we found out the gender which was nice and also sad at the same time and we did name her Maya because I just wanted she was a someone she was our tiny little person but she was our someone so you know it's so things like that are comforting but at the same time very sad because Mm. then you find out the gender and they it becomes even more real than it was the babies that we lost before were very precious, but knowing that she was a girl um, and what that could have been, although she was poorly. So I guess there was a sense of relief that I didn't have to make a decision to terminate a pregnancy that wasn't good later on, if that was be or have a baby that wasn't well. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, you still love that baby and um, are sad that it's um, not worked out. Yeah, no, I mean, I just can't even imagine. It's just making me feel so emotional for you. And, like, I can only think, like, I I try to be really honest. Like, the other week I recorded my story of my, um, like, suicidal kind of thoughts because I didn't, like, I never really had, like, a plan or anything like that. Like, I wasn't like, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this to hurt myself. Or I never did that. But it was just this feeling of I just wish I could just, I honestly just die. Like, I know that sounds really awful, but it was a feeling that I had, and like I just wanted to go to sleep and just not wake up again or I just wanted um I just wanted the pain to stop and what I'm trying to do this month is sort of just say that that is also suicidal ideation that is still that is a rock bottom you don't have to be making a plan and you know to for it to be that low um is that something that you experienced as part I'm, of this I'm, I'm sat here <laughs> nodding while you're talking because I that is the way I describe it. Last year, last summer, when I lost the fourth baby and COVID was all happening and there was everything, I think it was all the four babies built up and I couldn't believe it was happening again. And I I, I did have though, I'd never felt that way before, but, and I, mm. again, like you, I hadn't come up with a plan. I hadn't thought I would follow through with any action, but I just felt like awful. And I just, it was a black hole that I could not pull myself out of. And I did, I didn't want to be here. I just, I wanted Mm. to shut my eyes and go to sleep and not wake up. And that is an awful thing to say when I have a husband and a child that I adore and I would never leave them. But I didn't know, I didn't know how to process my grief or my sadness. It was just this Mm. big lump and it's still, it's still there. I've managed, I've worked through it a bit, but this week actually, which is fortuitous coming on to talk to you, is that it's sort of coming up again. I can feel it coming up a little bit again, not not to the same extent. But yeah. it's very hard to know what to do with that. And then and you just want the pain to go away and, and exactly go to sleep and not and not mm. wake up. There's a really lovely Brené quote that I really love, which is that um, you know, just um it's the shame. It's um it's about like 
feeling so worthless. So you're so this is exactly the same as what it was for me as well. You're living, or you know, at some points you're living for your husband, your daughter, your stepson, your friends, your parents, but you're not living for yourself. And that's what I felt like. I felt so worthless as a girl, woman, or whatever. Like I just didn't see the point of, of me. And that's that's where it got to. But the minute that I started to say that out loud, it's like that's and that's what she says in her when she talks about shame when we shine light on it you know it makes it it lessens the burden because Emma I absolutely know I don't know how it feels to lose to have gone through what you have gone through I I I couldn't can't even imagine um but I do know what it feels like to just want to give up and to feel so like um you know I don't see the point of me. And that's like, great, we can get up every day, but that's so much pain to be in every day. It's really, really hard. And I can only, what I feel like, what's happening, you're on the verge of such a massive healing journey. Like counselling is so a part of it, but there's just so much that you will discover about yourself. Um, you know, I just, and the way that you deliver your podcast and the way that you're helping women I swear to god you're going to do something that is going to like help so many people when you go through this and because there's so many people that don't talk about this and you know like I could what could come out of this um maybe like me I found a way to um like I found a purpose for my pain if you know what I mean like it makes it easier yeah. Um, but I had, but I had to go through that those steps, you know, that are really hard. Which is go speak to a counselor, go dig through my childhood and see why I had these thoughts, um, you know, and um, start to learn to self care in such a new way that is ridiculous to help my body to release all that trauma. And you've got, like I, I say this on the podcast all the time, our bodies hold the trauma. Yeah. So your first one, your second, all of them will be in there. Yeah, it's like I think that's true. It's so hard, isn't it? And how how is it? How is it? Because you're a parent at the same time. I like know. I just had to take care of myself, and I didn't do a very good job of that either. <laughs> uh, but, but well, I, I think that's the thing. I have to I have to be strong for my daughter, but I have been open with her too because you know she's five and she's quite she's a, a bit of a chatterbox, and she you know she asks questions. She's very intuitive and you know, she sees mummy being sad and she's seen me sad because it's very hard to hide that when you're, and also with, with, a, with a miscarriage, your hormones are sort of all over the shop. So you can't even control your emotions. So I just, I tried to protect her a little bit, but I, um, but a, a lot, I tried to protect her a lot, but I, I do open up a little bit. So she asked me about mommy because she's seen me go into hospital and I was like oh mama. and I did say mommy's lost a baby um because she asked me for a sibling all the time Aww. so I have to say to her oh, mommy would love that um but I'm really lucky to have you she knows she's my rainbow baby I call her my rainbow she she likes that <laughs> um, and um you know but I'm very lucky to have her and at the same time I that that's the other conflict I have that I'm so lucky to have her and I've said that before as you say, it's okay to feel sad that you haven't got the other things that you wanted. But I feel like I'm sometimes so focused on trying for another baby that I'm not enjoying her enough. And I, yeah. I know I am, but that's something, it's just, as women, it's the guilt thing that we have all the time. Yeah. Like I've had, I have it all the time with everything. I'm not- It's like you're being pulled in each one. Yeah, each and you're not right. doing, yeah. Um, and, that, and that's exactly what you you say about self-care is that you forget to sort of look after yourself sometimes as well. Yeah. I, and I think, um, you know, 
I interview a lot of different people and uh, they help others. They've, they've been going through this journey themselves. And we all have this point where we hit that real rock bottom and, and, and then we claw our way out of it. And there is that is, I think that's what's coming for you. So I, I know you're having a really hard week, but that is what's coming for you. You're going to be able to get all your tools in place to claw yourself out of it. And whatever you decide, if that's to try again, if that's to let it go. And like you say, um, you know, when this is what I, I'm so sad that I miss so much of my life being in pain because I just was trying to fix it. Or I was trying to get something outside of me to make it, to fill it up and it just wasn't working. And now I feel so sad. I'm going to be 40 as well in January. Can't believe that's going to happen. <laughs> but I How feel did like I get to 40. I feel like I'm 12. <laughs> me too. I, feel, I feel like I've wasted so many years being miserable. Like I have so much to make up for. And that is exactly what you said there. Like I missed life because I was so consumed by my pain and I wasn't being present in it and I wasn't enjoying what I had and all the, all my blessings. I was uh, comparing myself to other people. I was not feeling enough. I was not feeling good enough. I wasn't feeling worthy, but that was this whole thing that I'd created in my own mind, um, which is things I thought I should have been, or, you know, that basically that I've really had to let go of, you know, and that's really hard, but when you start to let it go and, um, you know and really truly take care of yourself because there's little Emma as well like I talk about inner child on my podcast the little Emma that had all the dreams right like you said big family all the things that maybe you didn't have growing up that you were trying to give your family it's there's so much grief and emotion and it's okay to to feel all of that and um, it's okay to be not okay it's not it's okay to just be miserable for a while like it's all right and but you know knowing you're already starting to claw yourself out of it and what can you do like what plan can you give yourself to actually make that happen so yeah counseling maybe some time off work you know maybe um something that can help your body to heal like all these things and then and when you feel balanced and calmer then getting into a place where you can start to make your decisions which is what do you do next and listening to our intuition because I think when you're in so much pain you don't even hear it anymore yeah, it's that conflict. I could be making my mind up and then it and then it changes. But you're so right about the age thing as well. I think turning forty is something. I'm not. I'm. I'm not worried about turning. I can't believe I'm turning forty, but it's not. You know, we're lucky. You know, lucky. It's a blessing to grow older. But um, it, it 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 is a sort of sea change, a chapter change, and I'm kind of like, oh, I spent so much of my thirties feeling in pain with the baby stuff. It would be refreshing and nice to go into my early 40s thinking or oh, just being at peace. I don't I don't think I will be at that stage by November. I definitely won't. But um, hopefully soon I'll be um, soon I'll be able to process it. You'll get that. I mean, you do, you're already I mean, doing so well. I mean, you're sharing it on here when you've had a really bad week. I mean, that's so brave and strong and such a sign of a fighter and a survivor. What would you what advice would you give to anybody that's going through what you are right now, like the miscarriages, not getting pregnant, you know, all that kind and that effect on our mental health? Um, I think, I think, I think really, it's just look, making sure you look after yourself and talk to people, let it out. Um, A few close friends, um, I, I speak to some some close friends that have been through it. Speaking to people that understand and that have been through it, that's the best thing. Um, exercise and health and 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 counselling as well, but also doing research. I think when you've been through loss, you need to have a plan. 
So um, I think that helps you feel more in control. Um, It definitely helps for me. So I always like to think about my next steps, whether it's looking into a treatment, acupuncture, or it's looking into going to a fertility clinic to have tests done or you it gives you a bit of power back having a plan Mm, Um, and that certainly helped with me and and, and my husband and I recently because we had unexplained sort of miscarriage loss Um, and so we went to have to a clinic to have tests done and that made me feel in control that we checked him out um, we'd checked me out again even if it was doing things that we'd already checked it felt like I was doing something to understand what was happening nothing sadly has come out of that really to know that what a reason is but at least I felt like I'd exhausted all options of the tests that were offered Mm. and then we can make a decision on what we want to do yeah yeah I mean like that's all the right things isn't it giving yourself that information I love a plan as well because it really engages your conscious part of your mind because we have all of this stuff in our subconscious and our unconscious causing us all sorts of problems so like I love doing like a spreadsheet when I'm in a bad place I'm just like okay so for the next few days I'm basically going to do these three things and tick them off my list and it's probably going to be something stupid like uh, affirmations or go for a walk and um, write like journaling I don't know if you've written at all but that is so helpful for like getting the pain out it's I really haven't painful. done that but I, I'm quite tempted to because yeah I, you could write a book yeah <laughs> <laughs> we might turn hopes and dreams into a book that would be yeah great. that would be great uh, for sure um and yeah and everyone that's listening and if this re- if you resonate with this story you should definitely check out Emma's hopes and dreams podcast because what a great way to do and a- another way of shining light on that shame and that pain you know um so it's like, it's amazing what you're doing. And I know you didn't get, that dream hasn't come into fruition yet, but maybe there's little other dreams that are, like that little podcast that you created is like a little baby, isn't it? I love podcasting. Yeah. It's just like such an amazing thing to be able to do, to speak your truth and put it out there. Yeah, and Like you can have other dreams. I mean, what would they even be? I know that's the thing that's that's why I called it hopes and dreams and you think you spend ages thinking about what what you want to call it but actually it was because you had these hopes and you had these dreams and then you have to have hope in life generally and the dreams can you know you can be a mother in a different way like I know I am a mother but I'm I can be maternal to my nieces I can be a you know a good mentor for colleagues at work I can you know be a champion for women you know in 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 other ways as well so yeah and it's been a huge sort of healing process for me doing the podcast as I know doing yours has for you to speak your truth tell your be vulnerable it's scary opening up and talking about this stuff I've never like this and one other time is the first time I've ever been open about the suicidal thoughts that I'd had last year because I felt ashamed by them mm. Mm. Um, and it's Everyone. good to help other people so they don't feel alone in, in, if it's mental health if it's baby loss so they know that there's other people feeling because you can feel like you're going a bit mad in your head or yeah. that you're not coping oh I'm not strong enough to cope with this when mm. actually you've been through a lot and yeah yeah well you've coped with those five losses it's um what's hurting you now is the healing of it because yeah. it feels so uncomfortable um you know like the natural feeling is to like numb it out which is what I did a lot with wine you know just to numb out the pain because I just wanted to just I just wanted to put it over there for a while I was like okay I'll have to pick that up later um and you know and it's only when it started to cause me problems I had to pick it up but 
you know, and that's the thing, healing is really uncomfortable, um, changing our mindset, dreaming new dreams, all of that, it's just, it's hard, and there's a real process of grief, that's why there's so many stages to it, and we can get stuck in it as well, and that causes us a load of, um, a load of pain, but you're surviving you're here yeah. you're gonna be 40 <laughs> you're alive as well like there was a chance that you could have even lost your life during this process yeah no I, I, I it, it, yeah I, I, I do count my, my dad always my dad's advice to me is count your breaths blessings not your problems and and like I'm, I'm trying to be thankful for my blessings that I have in life and um I don't know why I've been given a rough deal with having babies I think five is quite a lot to go yeah. through I, I often like I'm kind of li- thinking about ridiculous. what how have I and I, I'm literally like you find dark sort of black humor when you're in these situations and I remember sitting oh. in the room with the last miscarriage and I was just like what the hell like how can I be here in this same conversation I'm sorry but you know what what I think you feel like you're in a sort of weird weird world so I don't know what the reason is I've been through it but um the podcast is, as you say, a positive thing that's come out of it. Yeah. Like, I can I mean, help a few I, people. I guess as well, what's the reason that bad stuff happens? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that reason? Because yeah. how, do, how do we get chosen? How do we get picked? And that's yeah. why we start to go down that I'm not good enough route or I, there's something wrong with me. There's something physically wrong with my body or, yeah. you know, and you start to pick that all apart. But it's not that, is it? It can, no. like, all like different versions of bad stuff no. can happen to us all. It, it, but we it, all it, don't talk about it. No. We shovel it down. <laughs> like, you know. Well, exactly that in terms of the baby thing. I'm like, how have I not hold on to five babies and yet I managed to give birth to a £10.9 <laughs> a oh. child, you know? Uh, she, was a, she was a big baby. And so it's, it's, it's very strange. I don't know what the reason is. I'm, I probably will never know. And that's a hard thing. I'll probably never really... Well, you know, you heal, but you never forget this stuff. It always lives in you. And I wouldn't want it to change because then I wouldn't, they, those babies wouldn't mean something to me. And they do mean something to me. They're part, mm. of, they're part of my story. So Yeah, but also like grief and loss, like um, you never forget the people that you lose, right? Like you just, it just, it stings a little bit less. Um, yeah. You might still have a cry about it. Like sometimes I randomly just have a weird cry about my dad. Because yeah. something go, will remind you of him. Yeah, or sometimes even not. And it's just six months will pass and I'll just really miss him. I'll feel that ache in my body. And it just, isn't that just, because that's what love is, isn't it? Like, you know, when you love someone and you loved each of them and you nurtured them and you you had all these dreams for them, that's never, and that's part of you. That's part of you in your story. And um, I've become super spiritual as part of all of this. And I'm just like, well, I believe that the choice that I, is that the people that I've lost are with me. And yeah. you know, they're helping me and guiding me to, you know, for me, helping other people with it helps me to make peace with the bad yeah, stuff. Exactly the same. Exactly the yeah. same. Because yeah. like yourself, you know, like the nurturing and the mother motherliness and all of that, that's what I'm like as well. Um, and but I got so stuck in my life. So even though I will attempt having a child at some point, but I'm I'm it already in my head, I'm like, it might not happen, but it's okay because I am getting old now um but like I just feel like um this is how I found my peace with it but it's not gone and that's the part of grief and it will come back it's like um it's like water it's like the sea you know it just comes again and it washes over you and you're sad but that's all right we just need to be okay with the sadness like I feel sad ask yourself what you need and give that to yourself give yourself a hug 
and then the wave goes away and then it's calmer again and you're like oh maybe I'll book a holiday now or something you know and yeah I remember to live again and that's yeah. the thing about life and I think so many of us struggle with things and then we just bury it and we don't talk about it like I've had so many people since I've started talking about the fact that I've had those thoughts be like oh yeah I did that when this happened to me or when this happened because there's so many of us that feel that way but we don't say it uh, for fear of being judged and shamed you know yeah yeah and it's but like we also, well how, how why would you have those thoughts when you have this in your but it doesn't it's not it's not logical but it's how you feel and you can't help that for me I feel like it was a way that I wanted to uh just like I was frozen from I just wanted to freeze so I just wanted I just wanted to escape my body quite literally yeah. because it was just far too painful. And yeah. um, I think lots of people have that and then just don't talk about it. But that's why we're having this conversation to say it's okay to talk about it um, in a place where you feel safe. Like I found saying that, oh, I've wanted to, I found that easier to say to strangers because I felt awful about telling people I love because of the pain that they would have on their face. So telling yeah. strangers was really helpful. Um, but then, you know, saying it out loud um and also when that thought starts to come up and it did earlier this year when I was a bit burnt out I started to have it again and I was like oh shit this requires me to put a plan into action I need to take time off work I need to stop everything uh-huh. I need to do loads of self-care I need to do that and then I'll be all right and no, it's it great to recognize that though isn't it and know that in yourself and I'm better at knowing I, in the past I would push myself to go to things I went to a christening and I was godmother so I felt I had to go a week two two weeks after my miscarriage and and I look at pictures I could see the sadness in I wouldn't have I wouldn't have not gone because I was but now if I if I won't push myself anymore if I don't mm. feel up to it and I've got to a point because my husband never really understood that and I had to work with him to say look if I'm telling you I'm not up to going I can't put the brave face on today I just can't do it because at the end of the day it's going to hurt you and I've been to things and then come home and been an absolute mess I'm just not putting myself through that anymore me too or I've just tried to drink to pretend I'm okay like literally I've just want I'm gonna have to have a couple of wines and put on my face and just pretend and you just feel like a stat yeah yeah and you just feel like a statue (laughs) like you just feel like it's not nice but that you know, just I think as well, just being normal and saying, I'm sorry, I'm really struggling at the moment. I won't be able to come. Yeah. I'm really having a bad day. I won't be able to come. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cancel. It's not a good time for me. Yeah. And if people love you and people are your good friends or family, then they'll just understand and not put any pressure on you to turn up when you don't, you don't want to turn up, frankly. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're going to have to come back on, you know, in like six months, a year and say, tell us like how you've like moved through this and all the things that all the little tools and techniques that you picked up on the way. Because I have no doubt that you're going to be okay and you're going to move through this chapter and um, and find your way. You already are. And you're so amazing and inspirational. Like, I just want to give you a hug. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and being so open and vulnerable and honest. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap up? No, I think, I think we've covered most things just to be kind to yourself always. Um, And I'm not the best at taking that advice, but I'm learning through it. And as Monkey sort of says, I, I need to, I need to find what those tools are a little bit more. Uh, I've got some of them, but I know there's still more to more to be done. And just thank you for all that you're doing with opening up, you know, talking about these important subjects. You're doing 
amazing work and it's so important to shine a light on it and thanks so much for having me on thanks emma thank you and we can't wait to have you back and there we have it guys an episode completed i hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind there was alarm bells going you were all like ding that's totally me because that's what i was like when i started this journey and that is the start of the process finding out this information and realizing it has happened in your own life so i really hope it was helpful and before the next episode coming out next wednesday be sure to check us out on instagram so it's hearts underscore underscore happiness also we have a youtube channel where i share the videos i create for instagram on so you can check that out they come on about once a week and then we also have a facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation i want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas and then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk which you can check out to join our mailing list so that as i create new services and support tools for you all you're the first to find out and i have a freebie on there so definitely check that out it's five books that transformed my healing so if you really want to kickstart and you know you're liking the content in here these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge so definitely check that out and i will speak to you next week i'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness take care